Look at your man, now look at me. Look back at your man, now back at me. Your man is not me, but he can spell like me. So tell you what, I'm just gonna take my phone and my car key, which is separate from my house key, and lock everything else in the trunk of the car. <laughs> okay, great. Welcome to the Bitters Build Stand class. I'm in my garage in the, you know, Los Angeles, here under the flight path at LAX, and this is the second story. So then, so as I'm driving down to get the kids, I get a call from my commercial agent's assistant, Cool Ken. Now, Cool Ken is the guy that calls me when there's an audition. I talk to the agent directly when, I, when I'm getting closer to work, actual paid work. But Cool Ken, and he is cool, um, he calls me with an So he calls me with an audition. So, Dan, you have an audition. It's tomorrow. Uh, at, uh, you know, such and such a casting and um, wear, you know, nice casual clothes and you're going in for uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And it's a car company. I think I can tell you that much. It's a car company. So, um, so I was going to take the dog. The dog had this interview he had to go to on because he may go to a kennel while we're away, right? Uh, anyway. So I, I cleared my schedule because I got this audition. Listen, maybe I'm on a roll, right? Because I just worked with the, right, two tickets to that thing you love guy, director guy. Maybe I'm on a roll. Maybe, right, I've got this BMW, right, all these voiceovers running. I've got this HBO thing going. Maybe Dan Class is finally on a run after a quite a long little dry spell, my friends. So I got to go to this audition and I got to be on time and I got to be ready and I got to be in a good frame of mind. I'm feeling okay. Not great, but okay. I'm going to do this thing. It's a beautiful, sunny California day. So, um, so I go to the audition. Now the problem, the first problem is, okay, and, and this kind of bugs me. Well, not, I'll tell you what bugs me. The normal thing is when you go to an audition for commercials, there's nowhere to park. Now, when you go to audition for a TV show or a movie, a lot of times, you know, they are filmed on a, a studio lot. And on the studio lot is the casting office. But there's, you know, casting offices and sound studios and executives and, right, stages and all that stuff, all, right? So there's going to be parking, big structures full of parking spaces but a commercial commercials are separate just little offices scattered all over town and none of them have parking you just would never have parking it's ridiculous actors just listen you're an actor you're going to find parking you're going to go in the part and i don't mind that part the part i that i find uh, you know irritating it's not their fault is obviously there are certain days when the street cleaning has to happen and i'm fairly certain that the casting directors don't keep track of when the street cleaning is because they got a business to maintain. So they don't really care that there's nowhere to park on Tuesday from two to four. And if your audition is at two, half of the available parking is now gone. So you've got twice as many cars trying to fill half as many 
so to speak. So I pull up in the area and I read the parking signs and the parking signs say, no parking Tuesday, two to four. And my audition is on Tuesday at two. So I can't find any place to park on this street. I can't find any place to park on that street. I can't find any place to park on that street. And I'm starting to get really, right, because I want to be on time. I was almost late to the acting job, the actual job. I was, I missed, uh, I, w I had to change lanes and somebody wasn't letting me in and I, right, and uh, it kind of was a freaky thing. And so I didn't change lanes when I thought I had an option to change again later. And then there was this construction and I couldn't change lanes. So I didn't get off the exit that I wanted and I had to keep going and it was just weird and, oh, and I don't want to be late. Because I might be on a roll. And if you're on a roll, you're not late. So, well, I go down this little side street. And it looks like it has a bunch of spots, but I'm not sure. And, and it turns out half the street is empty, not because of the restriction. It's always restricted. It's, it's for whatever, this little half street is like no parking towway, no parking towway. Okay. But the other side is no parking for street cleaning on Fridays. Well, obviously it's not Friday. I don't care. This is awesome. So I re read the thing. It says Friday and it says no parking, uh, you know, uh, 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. or something like that. I don't know why they're doing that, but I don't care because I'm here in the middle of the day. It's it's Tuesday at 2. So I pull, uh, you know, yeah. So I go into the audition. And the guy's being kind of grumpy. And I'm really not sure why. Because I just walked up and he's looking at the sign-in sheet and he's just got this attitude, which is really weird because those guys are usually having a lot of fun. Or they just suppress it. Because their job is basically, they're not the casting director, they're the casting director's assistant. And they bring people in and they explain what to do. Listen, this is a commercial where you're uh, really thirsty and you need some water and you go into the grocery store and you steal, you know, whatever the stupid commercial is. That's what they, they explain it. And then they videotape your, you saying your name and uh, you do the audition and then you leave. And for whatever reason, this guy's getting, he's just like, all right, uh, what's your name? And I'm like, uh, my name's Dan, Dan Class. So he starts looking for me on the sign-in sheet. He's like, I don't see you here. I'm like, yeah, I just walked up. You just saw me walk up. I was walking up and you looked up and saw me. So I'm like, oh, yeah, ah, uh, you know, you got to be nice. Yeah, I just walked up, ah. Like, all right, everybody come in here, ah, I'm going to tell you what to do. So you come in and you think, you see the thing, and you look over here and you turn around, you do the hokey pokey, and you do -si do all right? Any questions? All right, br uh, just come in one at a time, one after the other. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. So we'll, we all go out and we're all like, ah. But we go in one at a time because, you know, suddenly now, now it's your job to learn the name of the guy ahead of you and which guy's ahead of you and which one's Eddie. Are you Eddie? Are you Eddie? Because I got to go in after Eddie. So now I'm not even thinking about the audition. I'm thinking about Eddie. Is Eddie in there? Eddie, are you next? Are you second and next? Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. So I go in. It's a simple audition. It's one of those auditions where you just, you know, all right, stand there, look over here. You pretend to do this. You do this. You do some that completely natural thing. But before I go in there, I have to sign a non-disclosure thing, which I always find fascinating. Like, I'm going to go home and go, honey, you'll never believe the awesomeness of this commercial or all the, the, the information that this commercial imparts. It's going to blow your mind. 
But I guess, you know, if you tell a friend and then that friend says, oh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. To me, it's like, are you kidding? Really? An actor? An audition? I mean, I guess. What? Okay. Can we just make it a blanket agreement that we don't care? That we're just, right? I don't care about your product. I care about, I have to go in and look at the thing and do the do si and turn myself around and pirouette and, st and stick the landing. So I do my thing. I think I do a good enough job. Who can tell? The, you know, grumpy, the dwarf there. So I walk back to my car, and it's a long walk, but it's a gorgeous day. And I go back to the little side street with the uh, no parking anytime sign. And the car... The, the, uh, the street looks a little different. It looks a little more empty than when I was there before. It looks as if, you know, one side is completely empty of cars, obviously, because that has all those no parking anytime signs. But then the side, the other side has like three or four cars and then no more cars. Including my car. It is not there. And I am like, ha, ha, ha. And I'm walking along like, where's my... Shouldn't my car be right like here or the next one down? Why are there cars... Missing? So I look at the sign. Because I looked at the sign. I studied... You got... Trust me. You got to, especially in L.A., man, you got to read these signs. You got to read them and you got to really process them because they're going to throw you some like, you can't do this, you can't do that, except for this and a new moon and a thing rising and Harry Potter is in the theater Then you can't do, right? So I look at the sign and I read the signs from the bottom up, like just like I did before. So the, the lowest sign says, okay, let's get this right. No parking for street cleaning, 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Friday. Okay. And today's what? Tuesday. Okay. No parking 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. nightly. Okay. So why? Oh, wait, there's one more. No parking anytime. Towway zone. Arrow pointing to the right. Oh. See, there's often a difference between what you see and what you're looking at. What I saw was two signs on a pole. What I was looking at was three signs on a pole. Three signs on a pole. Two signs that have arrows pointing to the left, meaning forward. And one sign that I didn't look at at all that had an arrow pointing to the right or, shall we say, backwards over, you know, in the area where I kept expecting to see my car. Oh. I got my car towed. So I immediately go into, like... No, don't panic mode. Don't panic. Assess, uh, assess the situation. 
Form a plan? Right? Okay. Kowalski. Stat, where are we? Well, we have no car. We have no car, and we're kind of really not even in the middle of town. We're kind of in this weird area near a park. Uh, yeah. I'm wearing my boots that uh, I wore all day yesterday. Uh, I don't have my jacket on because it's in the car with my briefcase. I need to pick up the children. I was going to pick them up at 3.30. Clearly, that's not going to happen. I have to pick them up by 6, or I don't know what's going to happen. And, oh yeah, see, when I audition, I like to be free. Because when you go into an audition, 9 times out of 10, you don't know what you're going to be doing in there. Now, I've gone into auditions where I've had to play football in a small office. They're like, okay, guys, yeah, what we want you to do, pretend like you're playing a pretty rough game of uh, tackle football. Okay? And action. So, given that you don't know if you're going to be playing football, wrestling, dancing, doing karate moves, who knows what, I like to empty my pockets as much as I can before an audition. Now, luckily, I did not empty my pockets of everything. But what I tend to do is I empty my pockets and I put everything in my briefcase, okay? And then I take in my briefcase. So then in my briefcase, there's my headshots, this little sheet that I have that that you have to scan in some of the casting places that has a little barcode on it. And then I'll have my money clip, my phone, my house keys, my car key, okay? We'll all be in the briefcase. Now, I don't know why I thought like this on this particular day. But on this particular day, I thought, you know what? I don't need my headshot anymore because all this stuff has gone electric. It's gone digital, man. Okay. And I don't even need my barcode because when they gave me the audition, they gave me an email and the email had a different barcode that I printed out. So I just need the email barcode. I don't even need my normal barcode. So tell you what, I'm just going to take my phone and my car key, which is separate from my house key. And lock everything else in the trunk of the car. (laughs) Okay, great. So, So I have my car key. I have no car. I have my phone. I don't know who to call. I have two children that I need to pick up and get into my home, but no car, uh, house key. No house key. Okay, well, who can I call? I mean, I don't even know. I have. I don't even know where to begin. The signs say nothing. The signs don't have phone numbers. They don't have anything. They just have the instructions that I clearly did not follow. But I know that my friend Tim, Tim Coyne, lives fairly close by. Uh, uh. Not really that close by, but fair, but but I know, like I. I feel like he got his car towed or almost got his car towed or he lives on a street where they always are moving the cars because someone's going to get towed. I, so I call Tim and I'm like, Tim, hey, buddy, um, listen, have you ever had your car towed? And if so, who are you going to call? Because I don't know. I don't know anything. 
and I'm hoping that he can maybe come pick me up, I guess, because I have no idea how to take a bus to wherever I would need to go to get the car, and I don't know even if I have enough time to go get the car, or if I should just take the bus to go get the kids, but then I have the kids and no house key and no car. Well, luckily, Tim is available-ish. So he says, tell you what, what time? Okay, I can come and get you at 3.30, but I got to be somewhere at like 5 or something. So between now and 3.30, try to figure out where you need to go, and then I'll come get you uh, over at the park. So I'm calling around or trying to call around, and I have an old iPhone, so it's not like, you know, I'm sitting in Starbucks on a Wi-Fi. It's slow. I can't seem to download any website I can't seem to get information to connect me to anyone that, right? It keeps dropping the calls. I don't know if it's that part of town. I don't know what's going on. Well, finally, I just give up and I call City Hall. I'm like, hey, City Hall, um, kind of got my car towed. Uh, who, do, who are you going to call? And they oh, you got to call the police. And I say, please connect me because I don't know how to call the police except for dialing 911, and I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to do that. So please just connect me. And they do. So I get the police, and I say to the police, hey, I got my car um, towed. I completely blew it. I didn't read the signs. I know. I know. I'm sorry, and I know. Where do I go? Because I'm picturing a guy at a, you know, who knows, some junkyard in Pacoima. I have no idea. So they say, well, where were you parked? I'm like, well, I was parked over near the park, kind of, you know, on this street. I'm like, well, that, you just come to the Santa Monica Police Department. I'm like, really? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, we'll set you right up. I'm like, okay. And I don't even ask how much it's going to cost because I just, uh, right? So Tim shows up. I get in his car. We go over to Santa Monica Police Department. Now, he doesn't have that much time. And of course, at Santa Monica Police Department, we can't find a place to park. <laughs> really? Yeah, where, where are we supposed to park? Because we see where you're maybe supposed to turn into park, but that says do not enter. And then we see on the other side, directly across from that, it says do not enter. So we have no idea where you're supposed to enter the police department. But it's a beautiful new building. It's all tricked out and brand new. It's kind of shiny. It's nice. I go in there, right? And it's not that many people in line at the front desk there. It's like one, two, maybe I'm fourth in line with a guy on the side. Fourth in line with a guy on the side. You know, police department lines don't move very quickly. And uh, I think it's because the people that not not the police, but the other people, they feel like they need to like talk and yell and argue a little bit. Like it's really not a trip to the police department if you don't have to give someone a little sass, especially someone who's armed. Well, finally, it's my turn. And I explain the situation. And of course, they ask you things like, well, do you know? Well, what's your license plate? I'm like, are you kidding? Are you you? Seriously, what's my license plate? I don't know. It's on my car. Typically, I have fairly free access to my car, and therefore, I don't need to have memorized the license plate. Maybe some people have done that when they've had an old... Right? I don't have an old car. I have a new car. A new car that I'd like back. 
Well, I finally, he gives me, he gets my driver's license and my address and he puts it in the database and he funnels on. He's asked me what kind of car it is and he asked me four times. Like, why do you have to ask four times? That name, Dan Class, Daniel P. Class, whatever it is, and that address, that's only going to come up with two cars. No, I take that back. It's only going to come up with one car. One car. So why why do you keep asking me? Why what it's a black Volkswagen. Well, officer, you know, Krupke, uh, not very humorous man. You know, definitely one of those like big, like workout white guy cops. You know what I mean? Very serious, probably ex military. I have no idea. Didn't want it, you know, right? He was very nice, but he wasn't, you know, like, I don't know how you be that. Uh, it's not even humorless. It's just like completely kind of like hard ass neutral. That That's a gift. It takes a certain kind of person. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just don't know how you'd like. How you make a transaction that completely dry and impersonal. It's 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 almost fascinating. But he says that they don't have my car. Well, what do you mean? Well, it's not in the system. So maybe it hasn't got here yet. And I'm like, yeah, but uh, but I wandered around the neighborhood and then, and you know, making phone calls and waiting for Tim. And then we drove over there. Where could it be? So I called Tim because Tim is circling the block. Can't find a place to park. I'm like, dude, they don't have my car. Where, where do you think it is? He's like, I don't know. Maybe it's at uh, Winchell's Donuts. I have no idea. He's like, yeah, maybe they're doing some kind of Ferris Bueller test drive on the thing. I, I Right? But time is ticking away. Tim has places to be. My kids are going to be, right? If enough time passes, and these things can take for as long as forever. As if enough time passes, I, I no longer have time to get the car, even if they have the car. Because I got to go get my kids out of school. Because at a certain point, the school closes. They don't want your rotten kids hanging around after six. And I have no house keys. So I kind of have to get the car. Well, see, if I didn't, ha- if I had had the house keys, listen, if I had had the house keys and the guy said, we don't have your car, I would have said, you know what, forget it then. I'll come back uh, tomorrow when it's here. Right? I'll call you from my house and uh, I'll make arrangements. I'm going to have to explain to my wife, of course, that I got the car towed. That's going to be ugly. What's it going to cost? I don't want to talk about it. don't want to hear about it. But if I had the house keys, Tim would have had time to, if we left immediately, right, drive me to school, get the kids, drive me home, key, right, and in the house, he drives away, we're at home. The next day, I take my wife's car, drop off the kids, ba 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 and then I don't need to take a bus or, she, uh, I don't know what. She could drive me? Was she going to be around? I think so. But I don't have house keys, which puts my children on the front porch at best, waiting for their mother to arrive on a flight from New York at eight in the night. I don't like this at all. But I wait around, wait around, and, and then the guy's like, sir, we don't have your car. Tell me again where you parked, and I explain it. And he says, you're sure you parked on that street? And I'm like, I'm like yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, but you know, now I'm starting to doubt everything because I don't know what's going on here. Like, I don't understand why it would take so long for my car to get here and end up in the system. I, maybe... Uh, I mean, I suppose it's possible 
hmm, I don't know. And he's like, well, listen, over in this area where you say you parked, there is some possibility, depending exactly on which street it was, because you don't know the name of the street, sir. No, that's true. I don't. It could be a Los Angeles and not Santa Monica. And if it's not Santa Monica, it's Los Angeles. And if it's Los Angeles, it's with them. So I'm like, okay, I give up. Because at this point, I don't know. Now, I don't know what city I parked in. I don't know where my house keys are. I don't, right? Maybe So So I get in Tim's car and I'm like, okay, Tim, it, just for my sanity. Please, I'm begging you, call your friend that you're going to meet at 5 and try to push it to 5.30. If we could just drive over to where I parked and look at the street sign, that'll tell me what city it was. And then these guys have me doubting myself. Maybe it was, maybe I parked on the next street over because there's a couple streets that are exactly the same that are parallel to each other. Maybe I, you know, listen, I pray that, that this is what happened, that I parked on the next street over because I don't want to have to figure out how to get my kids in the house and the thing and then the wait and they explain to the wife and then, and then have to go to LA. Or the car was stolen. So I'll tell you what, let's, if you could just, before we get the kids, drive me over there. I'll look on the other street, the parallel street. We'll see if it's there. But then we can also see the street signs. And then I guess, yeah, take me to get the kids and then to my house. And then maybe we'll walk to a restaurant and call my wife. You know, I don't know. We'll figure something out. So as we're driving over to see the street signs, he and I are kind of, weighing the, the pros and cons of all my potential situations. You got to decide which is worse. Now, obviously, the absolute worst is that the car was stolen. And yet that is still a possibility because we don't know anything. All we know is the car was not where I looked for it and that the police in Santa Monica claim they don't have it. And why would they want it? So either the car was a stolen, bad, very bad. B, it was towed by L.A., Bad, but less bad, but it's going to really put me in this weird position with my wife where not only did I get the car towed, but it got towed to L.A. and I wasted all this time and I left my car keys or my house keys in the car, which I will, trust me, never do again, ever. Or three, I'm just stupid and I actually got the street wrong and I parked on the parallel street and I didn't walk the half block enough or whatever little thing. And we're weighing all these options, and then a little bell sounds. Almost like an audible bell, followed by a clunk. It was like, ding, clunk. And it was as if a curtain in my brain opened. But there was no applause. Just a curtain, like a big theatrical curtain, just opened, big and heavy. It made itself sway. It had an, it had a wake, back on itself, and then, and it opened. And I said to Tim, "Oh my God, I know exactly where the car is, and I think I'm about to have a mental breakdown." So Tim and I start laughing. I'm laughing out of self-defense. I'm laughing because I really figure, like, if I really start to think about this right now, the curtain opening and what I just saw when the curtain opened, 
I'm gonna really, honestly, I'm not joking around, stinking lose it, so I'm so glad that we're joking about this. <laughs> I know exactly where the car is. The curtain opened and I saw two dogs and a skateboard and the sun. There was a lady walking two German shepherds and a kid on a skateboard. There was a parking place that I didn't take. I was waiting to take it, but I had to do a U-turn first. And before I got a chance to do the U-turn in the neighborhood street, a woman drove by and took that spot, so I had to go further down, away from the dead-end street with the no parking signs, away from the street where I never parked because the parking space that was available was too small. I pulled up to it to measure it with my car but my car was bigger than the space and I drove away and I took a left and I kept driving and I passed a spot that I wanted and then I went up further and there it was and I pulled the U-turn and I pulled in and it was on a hill and I turned the wheels so the car wouldn't slide down the hill and a lady walked by with two German shepherds just as I was getting out of the car and as I was getting out of the car a kid was getting out of another car who parked behind me and he jumped on his skateboard, but he was trying to cross the street on a diagonal, which would have put him right in my hip. So he jumped off the skateboard as the dog started barking and walked in front of me until he got to his gate. He opened the gate and he went in. He went in through the gate just as the woman was saying, ha ha ha, yeah, they always bark at wheeled vehicles, I know. They're getting better about bicycles, but I'm still working on skateboards. And the kid said, bah and went in his house. And I searched my phone for something to play. But for some reason, the phone would only play one episode of each show on it, each podcast, each file. And I remember very distinctly walking along, chuckling to myself that some of the artwork for the podcasts had rearranged themselves. At my, my This American Life podcasts, now I'll have Norm Augustinus artwork on them. Clear as a bell. Clear as a bell. I never parked on that street. I thought about it. I guess I thought about it, decided against it, and then I just went into automatic pilot and did what I always do, which is drove around some more till I found a spot. And somehow, that curtain closed, completely closed, thick and red and opaque. And it didn't budge. It didn't flutter in the wind. It didn't do anything. It just hung there like 50,000 tons. The entire time I was freaking out about having my car towed. The entire time I was on the phone with Tim and City Hall 
and the police. The entire time we drove to the police. The entire time I was at the police. All the times that I spoke with the police. And almost all the way back to where the curtain was drawn shut, it hung there without moving. Well, I spent the whole night praying to God, to Buddha, to Krishna, to Darwin, to L. Ron Hubbard, to Adam and Eve and Father Christmas, the Easter Bunny and Peter Pan. Please, kids, don't mention to your mother that I picked you up late from school because I just don't want to have to explain it because I am scared. I'm scared, and I don't want to talk about it. I can't tell you not to bring it up to your mom that I picked you up late. I'm just hoping and then hoping that it doesn't come up because I can't talk about it tonight. I can't do it. But of course the truth comes out because the truth always does because that's what it's for. The truth is the truth. I know that better than anyone. And I think that's why the curtain scared me so much, because I always seem to know the truth, or at least the truth as I understand it. But I had been actually blocked off from the truth and had and lived a lie, a delusion, a mistake. I lived in a mirage for almost two or three hours. But sure enough, after my wife got home, conversations ensue about this and about that and my wife said well Hudson how come you um how come you still have so much homework this late at night you know this late you know well you know did, did you go to karate well no because dad you know dad picked us up at like quarter of six or something really why ah oh, well you know I'll tell you later he's like well, well why what, what happened I, I I don't really want to get into it. Okay. Now, I don't know how your marriage works. Or your family. We, that, that just doesn't fly here. And I don't mean that in a bad way. We just, eventually, it's, you're going to get back around to it, and the kids or the wife, someone's going to, like, by the way, what, 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 you can't tell, you know? What? My wife often, jokingly, or not so, says that she worries about me. Meaning like, you know, you know Dave in accounting? Well, he was saying, I'm like, who's Dave? Like, you don't know Dave? You don't remember Dave? I'm like, baby, I've never met Dave. She's like, you know, I, sometimes I really worry about you. That kind of thing. Like, baby, I don't work with Dave. I don't know Dave. I've never met Dave. Why would I remember Dave? Because you talk about him? That, that doesn't work, honey. But there are things, listen, I admit, there are things I forget, things I forget to do. Like right now, I just remembered I need to get propane today. And if I forget, I'm going to be in deep crap later. Okay, I can't forget to get pro propane, but I'm going to forget. And then she's going to find out that we can't have hamburgers tonight because I forgot to get propane. I'm going to say, well, honey, I forgot. And she's going to say, you know what? I really worry about you. And the reason I don't want to tell her about the curtain is because this is really, it feels like something to worry about. 
Because me forgetting to get propane is nothing. That's just, listen, I got other stuff on my mind. I got other stuff to do. If you asked me if I needed propane, I would say, yeah, I do actually need propane. Thanks for reminding me. This was different. The propane, that would just be me forgetting to get propane. Just forgetfulness. But like short-term ram, right? Forgetfulness. Me going to the police station and starting to get kind of fumed with the cops because they won't produce my car, that scares me. And I don't want to discuss it with my wife who bandies about this, I worry about you. So I, and I don't want to talk about it in front of the kids, but they're right there and I clearly am going to get badgered until I explain why instead of picking the kids up at an audition, after my audition at two, I picked them up at almost six. She wasn't that worried about it. For as worried about it as I was, she wasn't that worried about it. Maybe sometimes in a pinch she really does come through. Because I sometimes wonder, she, she really has no bedside manner. And I worry about that as I will be the one to get old and die first, being a man. And I thought, I'm really going to hear it. And maybe I'll go sleep on a park bench tonight because, you know. That might be where I end up with all this. But you know what? She took it very lightly. But the curtain scares me. I'd never had a curtain like that before, I don't think. And I'm sure that's all it was, was that I went into automatic pilot. And the last time I had really thought about it, the last time I was in the moment, the last time I was aware of what was happening as it was happening, instead of my body doing one thing while my brain did, was, was when I was measuring the car against the empty spot. And anything after that, I wasn't paying attention. Because I don't have to pay attention to drive down the street till there's a hole in the cars big enough for mine. And I don't really have to pay attention that there's some lady babbling to some kid who doesn't give a crap about the skateboards and the bar. I just want to listen to something on my iPod and get to my audition that I'm late for and get back and get back in time. But it was a wake-up. Definitely a wake-up. Know what you're doing when you're doing it. Know what you're doing when you're doing it. I just had no idea, because I go through my whole life on, on two levels. My body's doing one thing that typically I don't find that interesting, so my mind is doing something else. But this curtain is like a new feature that I have to be aware of. But now I'm so aware because I'm now I'm paranoid. I'm like, huh? do I know what I'm doing? Do I? Am I going to remember this in ten minutes? Am I going to remember that I that I put a, a, a pot on the stove? Am I going to remember? 
how long I've been in the shower? Am I gonna just stand in here for three hours? Am I gonna get out of the shower and it's dark out? Keep the curtain open. Keep the lights on. And keep your cool at the police station. You've been listening to the shorter, freer version of this episode of The Bitter's Pill. If you want to get all the full-length episodes, all you need to do is become a Premium Pill subscriber. For mere $4 a month, you will get full-length uh, episodes of every single edition of The Bitter's Pill. I know, it, it's hard to believe. Anyway, for complete information, please go to thebitterspill.com. If you ever have any questions, just write me at pill at danclass. D-A-N-K-L-A-S-S dot com. Uh, hope to see you there. The Bitter's Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004. That's...